Welcome into the February 17th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Trade wins circling in the NHL as the deadline is two weeks away today. Nothing officially getting done, however, yet. But there is a new target in mind that I have for the Toronto Maple Leafs Blue Line, Dave. Can't wait to tell you and the listeners who it is. So all that more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA, Lockdown Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. Also look us up on YouTube, it's Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe, we got new videos and podcasts coming out to you. Each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, uh, it's all Leafs all the time. Uh, it was an off day yesterday, so not too much going on in Leafland. They don't play again until tomorrow either. So, like I said, this is a, a pretty quiet week for the Maple Leafs. It was, you know, the back-to-back Friday, Saturday, and then nothing till Wednesday, and then nothing again until Saturday. It's been, uh, the Leafs have had a nice, you know, it's not technically a bye week, but it's been a light week coming off of their actual bye week. It's been a light start to the month for Toronto. Yeah, all those games in hand they had going into the All-Star break, starting to catch up to them a little bit now. Like teams are, as you saw, Tampa inching that much a little bit closer to the Leafs, although thank you to the Arizona Coyotes for uh, only allowing them to get one point. <laughs> well, actually, we should thank Connor Ingram, not yes. the Arizona Coyotes, because yeah. Connor Ingram did his best. Coyotes... I was a little worried about that one, but uh, no, they uh, certainly um, that that's, that's the, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for a little bit of a break from the Leafs in, in this week, you got a little bit of that. If you're looking for more Leafs hockey, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Weekend Chicago or Montreal on Saturday coming into Toronto. And then uh, they go to Chicago for a road game on, uh, on Sunday. And, Hopefully it's a better game than we just saw. The one that was just played here on the road, maybe they'll play a little bit better in front of their home fans, although I don't think that'll be the case. They're just a pretty god-awful team. But it's another chance to check out those, you know, potential trade uh, targets for, you know, that Chicago has. Didn't put on a very good showing, most of them, especially Patty Kane, um, when they were in Toronto, perhaps. Uh, One more game, one more showing. And they could put on a little bit more of a show for Leafs Nation, a bit more of a, a better audition, um, if you will. So there's a couple of things that I want to get to today, just kind of around the league, a bit of a roundup before we kind of get into uh, previewing the, the the weekend games. And this is becoming a, a situation. And you brought up the Arizona Coyotes. And funny enough, what the Arizona Coyotes are doing right now, um, <laughs> they've so they haven't lost in seven games, lost in regulation in seven games. So they've picked up points in seven straight. Clayton Keller had a really funny quote, actually, after the, the Tampa game. 
basically saying, yeah, I don't know if our GM likes what's going on here, but uh, we're certainly happy about picking up wins. The vibes are good here. And they've done this all week without Jacob Chikrin, who was scratched on Saturday for trade-related reasons. We thought maybe something was imminent, but we sit here Friday morning, still no trade, still nothing, uh, you know, nothing has gone down. And um, we still haven't seen him back in action. And they are in L.A. tomorrow, however. So I wonder if he packs in a suit, a couple extra clothes, extra suitcase, and um, maybe stays behind in L.A. They can finally get this thing from the five-yard line and across the finish line, um, potentially in person with Rob Blake in L.A., the heavily rumored team that you know he's most likely heading to. Um, but getting scratched for trade-related reasons is becoming a bit of a thing. Like, uh, you see um, Gavrikov also now has been traded a couple times for trade-related reasons. Like, does this bother you that this is becoming a thing in the NHL? I mean, I understand why they're doing it, because the last thing you want is for someone to get hurt when you're supposed to be looking to trade them. But it's, I think it's also kind of a convenient excuse for the teams that are well below the standings to just be like, now we got a reason to sit our best players to ensure that we have a better chance to lose, right? You know, we know Columbus wants to ensure their best chance of getting Connor Bedard, so do the Coyotes. So, yeah, it, I, the, I'm not bothered by it because at least now it's a little more obvious that they're scratching them for that reason and they're not just saying, ah, he's got you know it like it's for personal reasons or something like that 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 would be more bs in my opinion um but i i think i think the the fact that you're gonna sit the guy for trade related related uh reasons is you know but the part that bothers me here is if you're not gonna actually trade the guy and you're just holding him out for trade related reasons like let's say chicker doesn't get dealt if he had like a bonus of like games played points or something like that that would be a bit annoying but uh you know i i would say i'm not bothered by it i just hope that they're doing it for the right reasons i would be very surprised at this point to see chicken not dealt like it, you can't hold this guy out for trade related reasons and then not trade him like this has to happen has yeah. to happen and, you know, there's been now, this because it's become a thing with Gavrikov and Chikrin, I think they asked, like, Luke Shen out in Vancouver, hey, what would you think about, you know, sitting out for, for trade-related reasons if, um, you know, if your name started to, to uh, you know, garner a lot of interest? And he basically poo-pooed it. He's like, nah, I'd, I'd, I'd want to play. Because now you look at Chikrin, it's like, it's been out for a week. I mean, if he's out any longer, like let's say this takes till March 3rd, if they don't play him until March 3rd, that's going to be like literally three weeks that this guy hasn't played hockey. It's going to take you a little bit to get back up to speed. Yeah. It's it's kind of counterintuitive. Like I understand you want to make sure he's healthy and all that, but it's you also want him to hit the ground running with your team right away, not have to, you know, take a few games to just get back into game shape after – not playing games for three weeks. Exactly. You know, I, I would uh, I would hope that, I guess maybe the thought was that 
the the trade with LA was really close or whoever the team was and they thought it was going to get done and then something fell on the wayside and now they're just like well we can't unscratch <laughs> like we can't decide now all of a sudden he can play again just because a deal fell through like well, I, I think that you can you could it's just going to be really awkward hey uh so we held you out because we thought we were going to trade you but now we're not going to trade you so you got to get your butt back i mean he's got to play like there's no i if i'm chickering i'm playing because you want to do what you can to get the heck out of there because it seems like he's been wanting to for a while so it's just it'd just be so funny if that ends up being the case but yeah they gotta i, I know i remember the head coach saying you know let's um let's wait until you know the uh Let's see what we're waiting to see what happens. And I, it, it pretty much is feeling like if he's not traded by the deadline, he's going to get back in the lineup for sure. Yeah. Um, apparently the reason why the deal fell through, through, I saw Darren Dreger actually reporting this yesterday on insider trading was um, they're unwilling to take on any salary in trades, apparently. So in order for the deal to happen, I guess, LA or whatever this mystery team, um, we're assuming LA, they wanted to add like some salary to make the, make the money work for their team. And they're like, no, we're only interested in entry level contracts, rookies and draft picks. It's like, that's going to thin out the market there for Jacob Chikrin. If, if that's all you want and you're not even willing to take salary back just to make it cap work. Like in today's cap world, like you got to do that. Like I don't, I don't know if that's going to impact the return if if they're not willing to take on salary. It's like that's – I don't know. I, I found that really odd that that could be the holdup was they realized, you know what, we don't want to take on a player contract. So like if it was Toronto, right, and they wanted to throw in, you know, Kerfoot's deal just to, to make the money work, that, that wouldn't fly for Arizona. They would just straight up be like, no, we're only interested in – picks and, and rookies on their entry-level contracts. I find that really, really odd. And, like, I, I like that's not going to get you the best return. No, it's being, a, like, it's, a, it's a bit unrealistic. Like, the teams that move on from guys like this have to take some contract. Like, I think back to, like, Jack Eichel, right? Like, let's say the Sabres decide, oh, we didn't want to take this, this, and this guy. Like, and Jack Eichel ain't being traded. Like, I understand that many view Jacob Chikorin as a top trade target for well, a lot of reasons, but you know the other team is is the teams that are trading for him don't exactly aren't flush with cap space. Like, oh. it's funny because Arizona Coyotes were willing to take all these deals in the past. We know that this team is not going anywhere anywhere soon. So I don't understand why all of a sudden now they're drawing that hard line. All of a sudden now they're just like, yeah, no, we're just not going to do what we've been doing the last five, six years. Well, that owner seems real. Was it Alex Marullo? Is he the new owner in Arizona? That guy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about him. It's, it's, there's a lot of things that like have happened since he's become owner. He likes to run a pretty Mickey Mouse operation, it seems. So, I don't know, but it definitely is not uh, not a good thing. I can tell you that. All right, let's take a break. When we get back, um, there was another report on uh, the same insider trading about uh, a certain team, and they could be 
a little more open for business than we initially thought. And there's a blue liner on that team that intrigues me. Let's talk about that on the other side. But first, Dave, how about a word from one of our show sponsors? Yep. If you are looking to get back on track with your New Year's resolutions, then you got to try a built bar. You know, went through the holiday season. I'm sure many of you probably compromised some of those resolutions. And the reason why you should look at getting a built bar is because they are not only great tasting, but they're made in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. And they maintain amazing macros. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein per bar. And you don't need to waste around waste around time to go and get a box. For years, Built has been trying to get uh, Built Bars into stores. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or even coconut puffs. If you're even close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with flavors like brownie batter, intro you can thank me later of course if you like to go and buy your built bars online you can go online at built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is promo code locked on 15 to get 50 percent off your next order at built.com welcome back to the locked on these podcast mike decefano and dave morissuti uh no leaves tonight but we got a back-to-back this weekend Montreal comes to town, and then Toronto heads out to Chicago for their second meeting of the week against the Blackhawks. So, uh, you know, there'll be plenty of opportunities to get some eyeballs on some trade candidates. But one trade candidate that is kind of uh, potentially available that's that's popped up on my radar, um, I'll tell you who it is. Uh, so there was a report yesterday on Insider Trading, Pierre Lebron talking about the St. Louis Blues, which we know are in seller mode. They already moved on from Tarasenko. Ivan Barbashev has been a player of interest that a lot of people talked about for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Obviously, we've talked a lot about Ryan O'Reilly as well. But apparently, they might be willing to part with a defenseman as well. In comes the name Colton Pareko. Does that pique your interest, Dave? You You see the smile that just went on my face? If there is a defenseman that would be a perfect fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it would be Colton Pareko. Like, Jacob Chikrin was the flashy, nice defenseman that you could add if you want to get a little bit of that scoring touch. But if you want, and and I was listening to a couple of Leaf uh, uh, radio shows yesterday, and one in particular kind of mentioned how they feel like the Leafs aren't ready for the toughness of a series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think Colton Pareko could kind of help with that. Like, If you add Colton Pareko, that changes the dynamic of this Leafs blue line. And he's a guy I've had my eye on. Like, I've watched quite a bit of Colton Pareko just because I think he is, like, a very underrated defenseman. And he has been for a while. Like, St. Louis was okay to get rid of Alex Petrangelo because they had Colton Pareko. Um and and this guy, I, I can't remember his deal right now, but it's not a very expensive deal that he is on. Like he six and a half for I think seven more years, I want to say. Like for a defenseman that's a top like a top pairing guy, he's got the size, he's and he's he does have some he's not a 
He's got some offensive ability. Like he's a, he's the type of guy the Leafs should have always been wanting to get. Um, I think uh, St. Louis kind of uh, got themselves into a good position when they drafted him. I think it was in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's a third, yeah, third round pick back in 2012. But six foot six, 230 pounds of nasty right shot. Uh, 29 years old, and uh, over the course of his career, 963 block shots, 698 hits, and uh, yeah, he's 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 a, a really really solid player. He's got 224 points, I guess, in 549 games, career high, 35 last season in 80 games. Uh, he also got the same back in 17-18. Uh, the only question mark I suppose I have that on that, Dave, is the style of game that he plays, uh, which is very rugged, defensive, throwback mm-hmm. type of style, which which is exactly what we think the Maple Leafs need and why we think it could be a good fit. But at 29 years old, knowing he has seven more years on that contract at $6.5 million, does that worry you at all? It's It's a bit of a longer deal than you probably want to spend on a guy who plays that style. Um, I mean, especially players who have that bigger frame that, that, that time that tends to wear them down a little bit more. So yeah, there's, there is some concern there, but you, you look at his, his career and, you know, early on, I would say that he's been pretty durable. Like he hasn't really been dealing with too many injury concerns. Like I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, during the lockout short near, he did miss a little bit of time. But like, like I'm not concerned about injuries per se with him. I'm not like he it's not like he has a he has a history of bad injuries where I'm like, okay, this could be an issue all of a sudden. So and look, he's also what he was a big part of that Stanley Cup team, right? So he's got that experience. He's been on you know two long playoff runs. That those are the and that one of them came in his rookie season, right? So this yeah. is someone who is not afraid of those moments either. Yeah, that new deal just kicked in this season too. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he is available. Like I said, I, I just saw a report that they would be willing to um, move into a defenseman on their roster, and immediately my you know ears perked up and went, "Oh, does that mean they would listen on Pareko?" Could Pareko be available? Like, I'm sure in their mind, he would be very hard to get. Like, you're, you're talking about yeah. moving multiple pieces, I would think. Oh, yeah. Or Pareko, like, that's that's where Matthew Nyes comes into play, the first-round pick. Like, this is, this is the player that you trade those top assets for, right? He's got term. He's, he fits the need exactly what you need, and he's just a, a flat-out good player. Like, um, the, the, leadership, Stanley Cup champion. It kind of checks all the boxes for you. The, the question I have here is: Does St. Louis just decide with all their like pending defensemen that are going to be coming up here? Six point five million dollars. Here you go. Like legitimately, Krug, uh, Falk, and Preco all signed for six and a half million dollars to long term deals. Like was six and a half just like a nice number that Doug Armstrong loved so much? Yeah. He, I guess. Like and all of them have no trade clause, including Nick Letty, who signed for four more years, and he has a no trade clause. The only defensemen that don't have no trade clause on the Blues is Robert Bertuzzo, Tyler Tucker, and Callie Rosen. 
Yeah. Like, I, you know, like Robert Bertuzzo, he has two more years left at $950,000. He's a guy that if you're looking to bring in a depth play, like player, bring some of that nastiness lower in your lineup. He's a guy I would consider too, but yeah. But it would have to be at the right price, right? Like I'm not wasting ma- major assets on a Robert Bertuzzo. Yeah, no Mid round draft pick, uh, you know, like a Joey Anderson maybe goes the other way. Like one of these older prospects where it's you know fringe NHL type guys where it's like, hey, you, they'll give you an opportunity and you're in the bottom six and you can play some actual games and exactly, you know, it's an NHL body, I suppose. But yeah, like I'm not giving up a whole lot for Bobby Bertuzzo. But uh, for Colt Pareko, I think I would be willing to give up, a, you know, quite a significant package to get that guy um, in the fold. And, and that also be like a long-term uh, piece for the Maple Leafs as well. So it's a really interesting name that's kind of popped up on my radar. We'll see if, if St. Louis is willing to go there. Like that is clearly a – like that's a player who they drafted, developed, won a championship with, and looked at as kind of the, the future of their blue line – um, but if they're really willing to to blow it all up, like Tarasenko's gone, Ryan O'Reilly's pretty close to being gone, Ivan Barbashev's going to be traded. Um, you know, there could be a couple other pieces that go too. So maybe they're willing to to strip it down a little bit, get some picks and prospects, retool, and and then you know, in a few years when Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, 26, 27 years old, then they could compete, and you know, that's the next wave, I suppose. So. If that's the case, you know, Pareko's 32 by then, 33 maybe by then. Are they willing? Like, is he still going to be part of that mix, part of that future? Maybe not. Maybe they'd like to, to move on from him and, and get someone who fits that timeline a little bit better. And, hey, Toronto, they'd be looking for a nice, steady Eddie, right shot, top pair defenseman. I can guarantee you that one. So uh, that's another interesting name that kind of enters the, uh, the fold here and someone that I think, Kyle Dubas should most certainly be given a uh, a call to Doug Armstrong about. It's like, hey, so while we're on the topic of Ryan O'Reilly and Ivan Barbashev, uh, Colton Pareko, what's, uh, what would it take to maybe add him to a package we got going here with these guys? So we'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, let's tee up uh, the weekend's back-to-back. Montreal coming to Toronto on Saturday. Then uh, the Buds are in Chicago for a Sunday night 6 p.m. game. Um, so they got to travel. They're the team on the back-to-back this time uh, in Chicago. So we'll chat about what our expectations are about this weekend's upcoming games, who we might see, who might sit, uh, all that and more coming up on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studio. Listen to Locked On These Podcasts, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Um, so we got a back-to-back coming up this weekend. Leafs hosting Montreal on Saturday, then they're in Chicago on Sunday. I mean, you, you got to expect a, a full four out of four points this weekend. Like, I know it's a back-to-back, but and it's Montreal who always gives Toronto, you know, heck, but it's in Toronto. So you should be able to get that win against Montreal. And then, uh, well, what we saw in Chicago the other night, that team just flat out sucks. So you got to get a full four points out of out of this weekend, Dave. Just It's got to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, you've had they've had some time. They've had two days off here. They like four points has to be the expectation. Like, look, if they got three points, am I going to be like screaming to the to the roof? No, but if they if they get anything less than three points, like that's that's flat out just disappointing and embarrassing. Like they should well, be getting the full four points. Well, let me put let me put a scenario here then, Dave, to challenge you on this. Okay, so they go in, they dummy Montreal, let's say five one, in Toronto, and then they go into Chicago and they lose five four in overtime. You gonna be pissed? I I won't be happy, but they also, I mean, they would get at least three out of the four points, which. You have to just take the points where you can get them, but at the same time, yeah, I won't be happy about it, but I won't be like throwing things at my TV, you know, filled up wow. Eagles fans type of mad. Yeah, no, I'm probably not gonna go and you know punch a punch my hand through the television. That's yes, I think uh, I, I also won't be doing that, but I don't know, man. Like these, they got to start winning these games against these bottom tier <laughs> teams. Like I think they've only won five out of twelve games against the bottom seven teams in the National Hockey League. So, got to start winning these games, man. It's just it's got to start happening, um, especially with Tampa on their heels. They just got to keep up and they got to keep winning, so that they can still remain with home ice advantage. Like I, I, I understand. You know, I was having an interesting conversation actually with Lee and McHugh from TNT, and he threw out what I thought was quite a take. Actually, um, he said. If, if Toronto didn't end up winning home ice, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And he said maybe they would actually mean that they would have less pressure on them in a Game 7 if they were in Tampa. And maybe they'd be better off not getting home ice advantage. What do you make of that take? I, I, I would not. I just wouldn't want to be in a hostile type of environment for a Game 7. You know. Like you saw how game six things kind of unraveled for them in Tampa. Like, imagine that type of pressure. Like, there's going to be pressure no matter the scenario. I understand that maybe being at home, there's going to be some tension, like a tense atmosphere, but I'd rather have the best opportunity with your home crowd behind you than, you know, away where things, you know, I mean, I mean, a lot of Leafs fans would probably travel to Tampa in that case, but I, I still, I would rather take my chances at home. I have, first off, I'd rather not have to do a game seven. I think that would be a, that'd be a nice change of pace. So having home ice would give you the best shot of not having to do with a game seven as well. Yes, this is true. Although if you win game six and you win the series four, two, you did win the final game on home ice and it doesn't even matter where game seven's played. If you can split, look. If you can split the the first first two games where you're on the road, sure. I you know I, I would be okay. I mean, the Leafs did win a game in Tampa. It's not yeah. like you can't win in Tampa in the playoffs. It's just we know how hard. It, one it is. like this, they only won one game in Tampa. Yeah, and you got to win two. Unfortunately, if you're uh, if you got, I guess technically you could only have to win one. If you win all three of your home games games and then the only one you win is game seven i suppose that's uh you could still win around but anyways that was just something that i thought about but like that's why it is important to to get the wins against teams like montreal and chicago like if you do believe that getting home ice matters 
it's going to come down to getting these these wins. And look, I understand that Tampa loses to these teams as well. Like we're we're not ignorant to the fact that Tampa also has some tough losses to some bottom tier teams. Heck, they just lost to the Arizona Coyotes um, the other night. So you know we're well aware of that. But that's still, like Toronto, this is a chance for them to take advantage of that by getting wins against lesser opponents as well. And then you know when they play their tough opponents when they wake up for those games they can also win those as well <laughs> and then end up with home ice advantage uh all right so a couple questions i have for you here one do you give timmins another game on like do you keep him in the lineup for the game on saturday or do you put uh, justin hall back into the lineup and then which game does joseph wall get into I think you have Connor Timmins in Saturday against Montreal. If he doesn't play well, then you have every reason to put Justin Hall back in on the Sunday. And then I would go with uh, I would go with uh, Wall against Chicago. I, I think you go with your kind of traditional setup with your starting with your goaltenders. Yeah, I think I would probably uh, agree with you on both of those circumstances. So. You know, Connor Timmons, I think, deserves another game, right? And when Keith put Timmons in the lineup, he said something to the effect of, you know, we've been looking to get him in and, you know, don't give me a reason to take someone else out. And Justin Hall gave him a reason to, to take him out of the lineup on, on Saturday after the Columbus game. Um, Timmons didn't give him a reason to take him out of the game against Chicago. Now, afterwards, you know, Sheldon Keith did say he's not taking much out of that game, but I hope it doesn't mean that he's not even willing to reward him for the good game and he's going to take him out of the lineup. I'm, I am hoping he does get at least one more shot to do what he can do. I mean, the guy's got 13 points in 19 games. Like he's extremely productive, like a point per game basis or point per 60 basis. He's right there with like the Quinn Hughes of the world. Yeah. It's crazy what, uh, what uh, Connor Timmons has been able to do in such a limited, uh, limited time with the Maple Leafs. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that he should get at least one more game. Uh, give Hall just an extra night to, you know, give himself uh, a little reset up in the press box and hopefully he can have a pretty good stretch run here and help this team in the playoffs. Um, or maybe they bring in Colton Pareko and he becomes more accustomed to the press box, potentially. Uh, who knows what happens with, with that guy. Um, but yeah, should, uh, should be a good weekend for the Maple Leafs should be able to, to pile up some points and, and get some wins point night potentially for the guys, um, a revenge game against Montreal after losing to them a couple of weeks ago, you would think, and then get in there and just dummy Chicago again. That's how I'm expecting this weekend to, to go. All right, buddy. Good stuff today. Uh, enjoy your, what do you got? What do you have to this weekend? Got anything going on? Ooh, bowling night on a Friday night. Excited about that. I suck at bowling. Uh, unfortunately, I did not carry my family's lineage and having really good bowling skills. Bumpers up? No bumpers. No, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I want the things you know where the kids can throw the 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 bowling ball down. The, like the there's like a special thing that you can put the bowling ball oh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, out. I thought that was for grannies. I don't know. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> so young kids, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And on Monday for Family Day, the Leafs are doing they're hosting like a Family Day skate at uh at the at their Ford Performance Center. So I will be checking that out with some of my 
cousins and their kids, and they get to see how terrible I am at skating. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I wonder if anyone else listening is uh, is going to go down for that because that uh, going down. Like... I'll be there. Just you see my ugly mug in person now. Yeah, he's got a nice shiny new bald head. Looks like he did get himself a little haircut recently. So just look for the shiny guy, the one that's not Mark Giordano or Manny Malhotra or Spencer Carberry. You should probably see if you can get a job, actually, as like an assistant coach. Yeah, in Toronto, you have the qualifications. Yeah, it looks like they have a type. They, they do seem to have a type. Although Sheldon's got a, a pretty pretty good head of hair on him. I don't know why I noticed that the other day. He's got, like, it's always in pristine condition, too. Pristine condition. Some are just blessed, and some of us just know how. Some of us, I'm not going to call it a curse because there are some very handsome, bald people up there. Fair enough. All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's call our quits for the day. Uh, enjoy the long weekend. I don't believe we'll be doing a, a show on Monday. Maybe we'll do one later in the day. Um, if not, we'll be back for sure uh, Tuesday with some uh, with some new content for you. We'll see what happens on the holiday. Um, but I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast and all podcast platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at, at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morrisuti. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. Um, subscribe. Leave uh, a thumbs up and, uh, and, and a comment down below. If you're on YouTube, let us know. Does Colton Pareko interest you? Or is there another defenseman potentially on the Blues um, who – apparently are willing to listen on some blue liners. Does anyone else interest you or pique your interest? Let us know in the comment section down below. All right. Enjoy the long weekend, everybody. We'll be back with another episode either Monday or Tuesday. Hit the notification bell, and then you will know exactly when new episodes come out anyways. We'll catch you all next week. Um, until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leaves.